Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney here, the host of How They Love Mary. It is the month of October, and you know what that means. It is the month of the Holy Rosary. We celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, and I hope during this month you are praying the Rosary every day. If you want to show your support for the Holy Rosary, consider doing so by wearing socks from Sock Religious. You can find a link to the show notes to Sock Religious, and by buying a pair, you'll help support the podcast. Now on with today's show. Hello, I'm Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. If you've been a follower of mine for a long time, you know that I have been strongly devoted to the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin, the site of the only approved apparition in the United States as of right now, received in 1859 by Adele Brees. I have done a lot of research, a lot of writing. In fact, my career in the discipline of Marian theology was launched by a paper I wrote for the Mariological Society of America in 2011 that remains the most read article on their journal website. And so lots of people go to Champion. They go there for the very first time. And today, I wanted to speak with a pilgrim that I had the chance to meet along his own journey to Champion. This is Tony Ganser. He is an award-winning journalist and writer. He's an amateur baker. He is a public radio host for NPR in Cleveland for their Consider This program. And he also hosts a podcast himself called Faithful Podcast, which I have to say, I've been listening to his episodes and I really like it. I do like the NPR style that he does it in, in which he kind of gives commentary and then inserts a clip and allows it to be kind of this beautiful program that he's able to piece together. Whereas I take the easy route, as listeners know, that I just do straight interview-based podcasts. But his podcast, Faithful Podcast, right now is doing a series on his own pilgrimage to Champion called Wisconsin Wonder, A Catholic Pilgrim Seeks a Guide. And so today I want to get the impressions of Tony Ganser as he visited Champion. So welcome to How They Love Mary, Tony. Oh, Father, what a what a pleasure it is to be with you, and thank you for that kind introduction. I really do appreciate that. Well, yes, you know, you're doing great work, and so it needs to be affirmed, and I hope that you keep putting out these little episodes. And, and they're great because they're short. You can listen to them uh, in not a lot of time and, and uh, really appreciate it. So you live down in Cleveland. And you work, as I mentioned, for NPR, so you're in, yeah. in radio, you're, you're a journalist. And so you and your family decide to go on a pilgrimage. So what went into that decision to say, I want to go to Champion, Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doesn't everybody, Father? I mean, gosh, isn't that top of the list uh, for everyone? Um, you know, it's uh, it's something that uh, my wife and I have have really tried to develop as part of our family's character that when we think about places to go, uh, we try to see either family or friends. We want to make it in 
intentional act to see people we know, or we want to fold in our Catholic faith into that journey really at the core. And uh, before the pandemic times, as an example, every Easter, we would try to go to Canada and we would pick a different place in Canada that we can see. We lived abroad for many years, still raise our children speaking German and a, a bit of French. Um, so we go to Canada looking for interesting places to go um, and, and try to go to mass in a, in a new place, a new basilica. Um, we went to uh, Beaupre, for example, um, uh, to, to see uh, St. Anne de Beaupre, uh, that pilgrimage site. And it was just such a, a wonderful time in Quebec. So during the pandemic, we can't go to Canada because the border's closed, right? Um, and, and I remember a story that I heard from a Jesuit priest we met, a, a friend of ours, Father Carlos Esparza, who's in that first episode you mentioned. And he told us about uh, a, a great trip to this wonderful place in Wisconsin that I had never heard of uh, in Champion and the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. And I had never forgotten that story. And uh, when we were looking for places to go in this lull of the pandemic, we thought to ourselves, you know what, let's take a week, let us make, uh, you know, let's make it a pilgrimage, a full week, uh, and, and make our way up there. Because with kids, it's not always easy to drive for, you know, eight, nine hours to get somewhere. So it had to be an intentional act. And uh, hopefully we earned some graces uh, along the way. And so you pick up, you leave Cleveland, and then, of course, there are other things you can do along the way, and maybe you had a set itinerary in your mind, or maybe you kind of were a free spirit, and maybe you saw a sign along the road, and you said, well, why don't we stop there? So before you arrived in Wisconsin, were there any different trips or any stops that you made along the way? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, the entire pilgrimage, as, as you well know, it's all part of it, right? It, it's not just the destination, but it's everything you do along the way. Uh, so we were looking for a place about midway from Cleveland to Champion. And uh, we do have some family around Milwaukee. Uh, so we were looking around that area and we found an article about the Wisconsin Way, uh, which apparently, is, as you know, is an established route between Milwaukee and Champion, which people actually walk as they would walk the Camino. And um, so finding Holy Hill um, just outside Milwaukee, that became the first stop. And uh, we, we really, we had a picnic, we, we brought our food there, and, and we just spent some time at Holy Hill before making our way up to Green Bay. And that was a nice way to start, especially after a long drive uh, from Cleveland to Milwaukee. Um, but that gave us time to pray and, and time to experience nature and such a beautiful place there and really get our minds set, you know, in, in that way. And then... Uh, we had considered uh, stopping at different places along the way. And you say, be a free spirit. I mean, to a point, you know, uh, suggestions gained by you and others we encountered along the way uh, just became added to our itinerary. So one thought I had before we went was to stop by uh, grottos, for example, 
I had never been to Notre Dame uh, in South Bend, uh, and we thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could stop and see the Lord's Grotto there, but also catch Mass, you know, at, at the uh, Basilica there on campus, which we ultimately did. And um, uh, we saw these roadside chapels, you pointed out, uh, in, the, uh, in the rural areas outside Green Bay. So we, we tried to pick up things where we could and just keep keep God uh, at the center of the trip all the way through. You mentioned that you stopped at Holy Hill, and it was a time for you to pray as a family, to take in the nature. What are some ways that when you go on a pilgrimage like this, that you pray as a family? How do you do that? Mm, that that's another good question. Really, um, we we catechize and and try to make our faith normal. Uh, and and it's something we're experiencing together. So as we approach um, the sacraments, as we approach, for example, if if um, you know the Eucharist is displayed um, in a sanctuary, we try to explain to our our children who age from uh, two to twelve, uh, you know, on their level, but explain what we're doing. Uh, what? How are we showing reverence? Why are we genuflecting when we enter the pew? Um, let's say in our Father together, just because we're in this place together and we know this prayer, right? Um, explaining statues that we come across. Who is this person? Why are they a holy person? Why do we ask for their intercession? Um, all of these things, you know, walking uh, the the stations of the cross, and especially these life size images uh, of our Lord on the cross, explaining what that moment is and and why we're thankful uh, for um, Jesus to have died for us, uh, and hopefully we will join him one day. So it's it's really just a a communal moment and and a time to be respectful and prayerful and uh, really explain. Yes, we pray every night together as a family. We have a prayer routine. And when we're on this journey, we're going to bring that with us because this is part of who we are. It's interesting that you use this phrase, how to approach the sacraments, because that's actually Mary's message and champion. She tells <laughs> Adele at the very end of the mess at the very end of the message to you know, when she asks, or Adele asks, well, what am I to do? And Mary says, well, gather the children in this wild country. Teach them what they need to know for salvation, how to approach the sacraments. This is what I wish you to do. Go and fear nothing, for I will help you. So it's right there. You're living that aspect of the message. And you mentioned this priest, this Jesuit priest who introduced you to the idea of going to champion. It was yeah. kind of recalling a conversation that you had with him. So in a sense, he shared a little bit with you about what champion was and maybe the message. And so now here you are, you're in your van, you're driving up to Wisconsin, you pull into the shrine and champion. What are your first thoughts as you're looking around, maybe even just as you're driving there, what are your first thoughts and impressions of that holy place. <laughs> well, it's definitely rural, uh, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the Central Valley of California and then moved for a time in Idaho. So I'm, I'm familiar with agriculture. I'm, I'm familiar with that. But to come through these farm fields, uh, you know, scattered um, remnants of forested land still, still scattered throughout, 
Um, and then all of a sudden you're upon this pilgrimage site, which really, it's beautiful. Um, it did strike me that uh, you have to go with purpose to come across it, uh, because I'm not sure I would know uh, where it was if I were just driving around rural country, right? Um and you see the trappings, you know, signs of people selling, uh, you know, uh, mementos from rural Wisconsin all around the shrine. Uh, so it's like, OK, we are we are approaching a pilgrimage site. Um, but once you're in the parking lot and, and you see um, just how peaceful it is, so many people I, I've spoken to have used that term that it's just a peaceful place. It is a place where you can. Um, quiet the the modern world and really uh, take that time and reverence and prayer. Uh, I think it does facilitate that. Um, so I thought it was beautiful, and I love the variety as well that you have the Stations of the Cross outside uh, with with French descriptions, which is great for our family. Uh, and uh, you you of course have the the uh, lower sanctuary at the side of the apparition, and then, of course, uh, a mass that we could attend and, and prayer with all the other pilgrims. Um, even though we, we only traveled as a family, it was great to come together as, as a family in Christ uh, with all of these other people who joined us on that day. So, um, yeah, it was just a beautiful place, and I, I totally agree that it's peaceful, and it does it gives you time uh, to contemplate your faith and, and your, your place in this world. You go down into that apparition oratory, and I, I think that you have to be touched by the fact of how many candles are lit, because yeah. what that represents is how many people have preceded you here, and they've lit this candle, they've come in faith. You know, I live in a parish that's 20 minutes from the shrine, and I know that my people go there, especially when they hear something where, okay, somebody is in the process of dying, so they go and they light a candle, or someone got a cancer diagnosis, so they go and light a candle. But the candle, I think, serves as this reminder that here I am, I'm a passing guest. Other people have prayed here before me. I'm praying here right now, surrounded by the people who are praying with me, around mm. me. And then I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go back home to Cleveland. But yet daily, people are going to come here to this place and they're going to pray. There's there's something about that nature of prayer and, and that how many people pray in that place that, that just is remarkable to me. Did you have any sense of that as well? Yeah, I, I definitely did. Um, and, and you're there with other visitors and you can see, you know, we don't know what what is touching other people's hearts uh, and, and souls when they're in prayer. But you can tell people are there and and they're going through things that, that we can never know, but th it's clearly affecting them in a deep way. And uh, for me to be there and to be able to offer my prayers um, and, and the prayers of people around me and for people around me, and also to see clearly somebody else is bringing uh, something to Our Lady to bring to Our Lord. Uh, that That is just a, it's a beautiful moment. And again, it's a communal moment. And, and I'm just honored to be able to be there and, and pray with them. Now, you could have taken your family anywhere and you could have found <laughs> a holy site, but... 
You know, some people say to me, well, why is it that praying at a place like this is so special? And, and when they ask that question, I'm kind of taken aback by it because I say, well, because something very special happened here. And so we should want yeah. to pray there. And so what was it that drew you to champion and to want to pray there? And did you come, you know, pilgrims go there with lots of intentions. Were there special intentions you were praying for along the way? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, we we have tried to make pilgrimage uh, part of our identity as a family, and and me too, uh, personally. I've been very blessed that I've been able to travel quite a bit in my life. Um, but as Father Carlos said in that first episode, you know, a pilgrimage starts within yourself. And um, I, I've always remembered that. We used to live in Cologne, uh, Germany, and um, I would work at a radio station nearby, the Kölner Dome, the, the big big cathedral right there in, in Cologne. And it's a beautiful Gothic uh, structure, very intimidating. And it's mostly tourists uh, around, uh, to be honest. But when I go inside and sit in the pew, and uh and pray along with the scattered people who are there it's it's as if we're the only ones there we we are the ones who are praying uh, with our lord and um it's an intimate experience and um to hear how special a place champion is um it just seemed right that that goes on our list of places we have to go uh because it's the only one in the United States that the church has approved. Not to say there can't be others in the future, but right now that that is a place that the church has said, yes, we should pay attention uh, to what happened here. So as the faithful and as I think responsible parents and responsible Catholics, if we can get there, uh, get there. Uh, so that's that's really what went into it. And in terms of bringing prayers, of course, I mean, we've all been through so much, especially in the last 18 months. And, you know, not to not to get uh, too much about me because it's about champion, but I was hit by a car uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, I would ride a little uh, Vespa-like scooter to work. And I was doing that for five years. And uh, just a, a car made a U-turn that it should not have done, and it destroyed my scooter, it fractured my wrist, it separated my shoulder, and it really did knock me into a, a different uh, place of uh, reassessing how I spend my time, right, and, and where my energy is going and what is bringing me closer to God and what is pushing me away. Um, and we had an option here to go to Champion, which I think and I hope brings us closer as a family to God. Um, and it seems like it did. We've learned a lot, and it, it was just a beautiful trip. Now, you've mentioned you've lived in other places in the world. You've lived in Cologne, Germany, for example. And we know that there are some great Marian apparition sites and Marian shrines all throughout Europe the most famous probably being Lourdes, also Fatima in Portugal. Have you been to any of these other Marian apparition sites in Europe during your time there? No, I, I never got to those, um, which it's still on my, my list. And honestly, I would love to walk the Camino. Uh, my wife and I have, have talked about that. Uh, there's a film, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, with Martin Sheen called The Way. 
just a, a beautiful uh, piece. And it's not not Catholic per se, but as a Catholic viewing it, um, there is something, uh, you know, I can uh, I can enjoy out of that and, and draw out of that. Um, but having lived in, in Switzerland, um, Germany, uh, France for a time, uh, I've always tried to go to sites um, which, honestly, the, the modern world has forgotten in some ways. Uh, we have some uh, family near Lyon uh, in uh, France, which is rural uh, France. Uh, I think King Clovis Clovis is, uh, is buried nearby. Um, and... Um, it's it's a beautiful spot, but it's empty, and there are hardly any Catholics there. And I feel like me uh, going to a, a beautiful um, cathedral uh, and being one of the only ones or one of the few lighting a candle and saying a prayer there, um, again, I feel like it's my responsibility to be able to do that, right? Um, so, so, yeah, it's... Um, it doesn't matter where you go, even if it's a local parish in a different town, but to be able, like you say, to, to unite your prayer with people who had been there before, um, it's just such a great thing and, and a responsible thing. If you ever make it to Lourdes, if you make it to Fatima, to some of these great Marian apparition sites, you're going to notice a, a big difference, of course, that Champion is a bit <laughs> underdeveloped as compared to them, that uh, they are grand places of, of devotion. They've been doing it for a long time. Of course, pilgrims have come to Champion since the beginning, since the very first apparitions, but really only now since 2010 with the bishop's approval has the shrine really taken on this national, international persona. And so there has been even development in the last 11 years, building new buildings and updating yeah. and all of those things. So so they're going through their little growing pains, but hopefully providing a place where people can encounter God. And you mentioned that we don't know the stories of the people who come to these shrines, but yet they're praying there. And we might see a person crying or you know, I've served in Lourdes as an auxiliary confessor, and so I've mm. prayed with and heard confessions and met many, many people in Lourdes. And a lot of them come, you know, maybe they come as skeptics and they leave as believers. And so we live in this age right now where religion is being rejected by so many, you know, kind of the idea of science and rational thought is outweighing religion and belief. And but yet they can go to a place like Champion and they can encounter the presence of Mary and Jesus in this place and their lives can be touched and changed and they experience and they experience that conversion of heart because that's what Mary came yeah. to Champion for. She said, I have come, she said, I'm the queen of heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners and I wish you to do the same. So all of us, we as sinners go there and hopefully as we leave there, we leave converted by the message of Mary, by the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And it, it really is, you know, that inner calling um, that for more. Uh, you know, as I was writing the script for this first episode about Champion, that thought just kept bouncing around within me, that we all have the still small voice inside of us that's reaching out uh, for... Uh, I was reading a book that described it, the, the eternal font of our creation, right? And I, I love that idea of thinking of God 
as the font that that we we're connecting ourselves to to being itself and um as as humans in this world all too often we're pulled in so many directions which are not taking us to that source which are not taking us uh to christ on the cross and his message of love uh so when we feel that emptiness that's provided by the things which are not god um sometimes we really have to be intentional about where we're going and direct ourselves and even physically take ourselves to a place which is surrounded by love and is surrounded by others who are seeking and praying for each other on this grand pilgrimage to heaven when you were at the shrine and champion, did you just go one day? Did you go a few days of your pilgrimage? Uh, what did that look like as you kind of settled in? I'm presuming at a hotel. So what did your days in Green Bay area consist of? Yeah, yeah. Well, we were in uh, the Green Bay area for about three days. Uh, we had set up an interview both uh, with you, thank you for talking uh, with us, and uh, also with Father uh, John at the uh, shrine. So we were going to spend a full day at the shrine uh, when I was going to do the interview and then just uh, to spend in prayer. Uh, and then once we found out about these uh, roadside chapels that you mentioned, uh, look forward to seeing more from that project from you. Um, it was great to, to uh, you know, piece that in too, uh, to drive around and look for a few examples uh, of that. Um, we also, we were staying at a hotel near a uh, beautiful parish. I think it was actually like parish of our, uh, our Lady of Lords or something like that. Um, and it had a playground, which any parent will know you need to factor in playtime, uh, especially with younger kids. And the fact that we could go to a parish that had a wonderful school and playground, it was like we ended every day. Uh, also in prayer, because just to be in the shadow of a bell tower with a beautiful mm. mural from a Catholic school uh, near us, we were trying to stay in that space. Uh, so, you know, driving from site to site, saying prayers, explaining to the kids where we were, why it was special, and then to give them time on the swings and, and run around a bit. Also in a Catholic area, it seemed perfect, right? <laughs> I know that you mentioned also kind of an interest, maybe going to the Peshtigo Fire Museum. And I kind yeah. of told you, you got to look and make sure they're going to be open because I didn't know if they would be open on that <laughs> set day. So were you ever, ever able to make it to this little museum? Yeah, we got up there. Uh, it was um, luckily, uh, you know, it was open and uh, we, we saw the stuff. And I got to say, the little kids were not as impressed <laughs> at the Peshtigo Fire Museum, um, but the older ones were to see some of the artifacts and, and to hear the story. Um, and it was also a striking uh, place because, as you know, you have the cemetery nearby, uh, this museum. And, um, you know, to, to be in that place and to read the stories of the people who lost their lives and, and, and the, the trauma that they went through, and then to see a a mass grave of people who could not be identified. Uh, it, it's really startling. And, um, 
you know, we, we said a prayer there as well. It was just, it was all part of the experience to know that uh, the Peshtigo fire affected that community so deeply and also touched the Champion Shrine, of course. Uh, well, it didn't touch it, uh, which is the miraculous thing. Um, but but yeah, just to think about those people in the history of that place as well. It, it was a drive, uh, but it was worth it uh, to get up there. Yeah. And part of the Peshko Fire story as well, not only as you mentioned that Champion is incorporated in that because the fire spread and began to burn across this peninsula and began to threaten the shrine. And so as the story goes, people gathered at the shrine and Champion took a statue of Mary and processed around the grounds and everything like that and, and really asked for Mary's preservation. And that's what yeah. they realized that everything had been burnt around them except for this chapel and this shrine where they were at that precise moment. So, but also at that um, museum is this tabernacle that was apparently submerged into the water maybe, but miraculously survived and was undamaged. So there's also faith elements beside the shrine and champion associated with the Peshko Fire Museum. Yeah, I I looked for that right away, and fortunately, if if uh, anybody goes to this museum, it's it's right inside the door, uh, with a um, you know an article about it, and you can see the tabernacle and and a priest um, ran to save it and and brought it to the river, and and he lost it at some point, and then it was found untouched the next day. Um, uh, just a, another beautiful. Um, and the Holy Sacrament was was in in uh, touch uh, or, or uh, untouched by this fire. It was undamaged at all. So yeah, a number of miraculous things uh, happened, and and it was nice to see again a a physical example. You know, a, a relic a relic of the past in this tabernacle, which was untouched by tragedy. So you make your little trip up here to Wisconsin. You visit several different things. And then you make your way home. Are there any stops along the way home? Yeah, we we actually went back to Holy Hill. Um, so on our way back down, because we had to go through Milwaukee, we stopped at Holy Hill again. Uh, there is, uh, as you know, a um, I think St. Therese uh, yes. Chapel, which you said we had to see. Uh, so Did it we disappoint. <laughs> yes, it was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so we went there and we said prayers. And uh, one of the really interesting things about that was uh, confessions were taking place and people were literally lined up out the door um, to confess uh, to the priest there. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing uh, to see so many people uh, bringing their worries, concerns um, uh, to a priest in that way, and just a, a beautiful act of faith uh, to participate in that sacrament. Uh, so we had a picnic there as well, and then uh, stopped by and saw some family in Milwaukee uh, before driving to South Bend. And that's where we spent our last night, uh, because it's not too far from Cleveland. I think it's another three or four hours uh, after that. But we stayed uh, in South Bend and then caught mass and and prayed at the grotto uh, the next morning and uh, just kind of spent time that last day. It was a beautiful morning, sunny, um, just a, a, a really great 
time. Uh, it was a great homily. I think it was by the the lead of the homiletics department at Notre Dame. So I would expect it to be good, but it, it, <laughs> it was it was very good, very touching. Um, and yeah, then we drove home, and um, it was it was a great a great way to end a pilgrimage um, to to just keep God at the center, to keep every stop intentional, but also be open to new things um, and open to suggestions as you so graciously gave um, and, and just being willing to, yeah, to, to be with Christ in different ways in different places. There is always, I think, when we go on these pilgrimages, when we take that step of faith, that leap of faith, there's always a grace that we receive. Did you notice any graces that you received from this pilgrimage? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's a really tough question. Um, I think, you know, I, I have said um, the novena to Our Lady of, of uh, Undoer of Knots uh, a, a few times, and it's, you know, you're, you're asking for clarity you're asking for um yeah uh, help in in reorienting your your uh priorities in life and and constantly like i said before directing yourself toward the things which will bring you closer to god and not push you farther away uh and to know when your own ego your own desires are actually getting in the way of your um your evolution toward who god made you to be And um, I will say that spending so much time in the faith, both through this podcast project, but but specifically going on trips, um, making intentional prayerful acts, uh, it does help me to um, to reorient where I'm spending my energy. So I'll, I'll say that I don't know if it's a grace, but I pray that it is. And I pray that there are more to come. You ever think you'll make it back to champion? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, we did not see Lambeau Field, even though everybody told us to. <laughs> we, we didn't think that uh, seeing a football stadium was high on the priority list, uh, but I am told uh, we need to see it at some point. Um, but jokes aside, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful place. And I think um, we really wanted to see Lake Superior and we, we couldn't get all the way up there. So uh, if as a family, we can head all the way north, uh, maybe when the Canadian borders reopen. um, Yeah, I I think we'll for sure make a stop to champion too, because it's such a beautiful place and and so worthy of belief, uh, as the bishop says. Well, I love Lake Superior, so I could give you some suggestions as you go up there (laughs) as well. But uh, yes, I've spent two vacations now uh, with my cousin up on Lake Superior. So Well, what a wonderful conversation. When I heard you were going to the Champion Shrine, when you wanted to have a conversation for the Faithful Podcast, uh, I knew that I wanted to interview you at some point just to get your impressions. What was it like for a first-time pilgrim? I've been to the Shrine and Champion hundreds of times. And so really to get the insight of someone who was just stepping foot there for the very first time, what was it like for them? And so I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today on How They Love Mary to share your experience. Father, thank you so much for having me. And I, I do hope that if people can 
to please go check out Champion, check out the the beautiful Catholic sites in Wisconsin. It's really worth it. And I really think our conversation today uh, will enrich people as they kind of discover those other things to do as they visit Champion. Now, if people want to learn more about you and the work that you do, how can they do that? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Faithful, F-U-L-L, pod.com. That's the website uh, for the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, um, pretty much every podcast service, and also YouTube. I'm trying to do a video for every single champion episode, uh, including pictures and and video from the site. Even though there are beautiful projects out there, if you want to see a new retelling, you can check out our YouTube channel as well. And you can search my name, Tony Ganser, and uh, most of the stuff will come up. You'll find me one way or the other. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much for joining me today.